Hail Mary, full, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello and welcome to another episode of Miked, the official podcast of St. Michael Catholic Church where we are invested, we are being transformed so that we can be fully the Lord Jesus Christ. I am Shane Page, your host, the Director of Evangelization at this great parish, and I'm joined again this week by the rectitudinous <laughs> Father Rossi. <laughs> You're making these words up. No, these are real words. Oh someone with great rectitude is, is someone with great moral I, verve. It's a great thing. So anyway, it's, uh, how are you? Great to see you. I'm rectitudinous. I'm rectitudinous. That's right. That's a, moral, today. a moral yes. verve. May the Lord strengthen my moral spine always. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, how's life been for you? Been been very well. We missed last week for various reasons. Our schedule did, just would yeah. not allow that. Sometimes sure. that does happen. Mm -hmm. We have a busy schedule. But November is moving right through. Here we are, just past almost the half, you know, past halfway point of November, and even closer to the end of the liturgical year and the beginning of Advent is less than two weeks away. Oh, I know, two weeks. Uh, Christ the King Sunday coming up. That's I had an right. interesting uh, conversation yesterday with a gentleman in the Philippines. I was on a podcast. Um, he, this, this gentleman found my video that I had done with someone else on Mary and the Methodist minister. You can watch that on YouTube. It's called Mary and the Methodist minister. And, um, it's pretty big in the Philippines. So I feel That's good. That's wonderful. <laughs> that must mean Mary must be really big in the Philippines. Yes. And you know what else is big in the Philippines right now is the United Methodist church. Really? Oh, yeah. I asked him that question. I said, I think that's, it's growing over there, the evangelical church. He says, oh, yes, it's, it's, it's really big. Wow. And uh, so he has this podcast. He saw that video, invited me on his show, and I had a really a delightful time. But what was the name of the podcast? I don't know what the name of the podcast was, is. Was it in... I guess was the guy Philippines. Like, yeah, I no, but I mean the language. Is it in? English? I mean, did they? No, um, it's it not in English now. He will like he will broadcast my interview in English, but there will be Philippine subtitles ah, along right. with it. But you know, he had one hundred forty five thousand subscribers, so he's not a small wow. podcaster. Oh he's actually got a pretty good following yeah. over there. So that this was a lot definitely of more than we do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, but uh, he asked me questions about my conversion and um, some things about Mary and all that I'm, I'm happy to talk about. So that was a thrill. You know, what stood out for you in that experience? What stood out to me? I think he asked me more questions about the biblical reasons why a devotion to Mary is the normal Christian life. That's my words, not his. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to give him some biblical resources for that. Um, and some argument, um, but I, I guess that's really what stood out. However, I can promote the Blessed Mother, especially to our non-Catholic friends. Um, I'm going to do that because really, my 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 whole desire is not so much that maybe a non-Catholic becomes Catholic, although I want that to happen. But it, at the very least, stop omitting uh, the Mother of Jesus from your spirituality. Right. You know, because she was so much a part of my spirituality even as a, as, a, as a Protestant for all those years. Right. I, th I think the, in the end, though, can you have a true spiritual life, a true spiritual, uh, fruitful relationship with Christ if you're actively setting aside his mother? But that, and we got into that. I call it about the imitation of Jesus. I mean, it, to incorporate Mary into your life is you're, you are fulfilling. You are filling up your imitation of Christ. You're you're loving what he loves and loving who he loved. And, of course, his mother was a big part of that. Um, so th those are kinds of the things that uh, that we talked about. One of the arguments I often get from people, and this is not what we're here to talk about today, but, well, I'll take God as my father. You know, I don't understand Mary as our mother. And, and here's something else. I'll just try it on you. I've noticed that, you know, Jesus was one divine person united to a human nature. And so if you say, well, I'm only going to have God as my father and not Mary as my mother, you are denying his, the incarnation because to receive Jesus is to receive Jesus in union with his divine nature and his human nature. So, you know, his, his father in his divinity, we must accept, but we also must accept his mother in his humanity. Right, but his it, humanity doesn't begin with Mary. It begins with the whole genealogy, right? I mean, yes. all the way back into 
starting with Adam, right? I mean, the, he is the new man, the true man, you know. And Born of the Virgin Mary. You can't just say, well, we'll just cut that all loose now. Exactly. You know, because then that denies that he's human. Human. And then you're into being dual- human means you have a genealogy, you have ancestry. Which is dualism, which is what Catholicism rejects. We mm-hmm. reject this dualistic kind of thinking because the incarnation is the coming together of heaven and earth in Christ. So um, I just... I'm always thrilled to talk about those kinds of things. And that's what he wanted to talk about. And I said, yes. I thought it was spam at first. Oh, <laughs> the invitation? Yeah, I didn't Yeah, sure. well, who is this person from the Philippines? The Philippines? But he I'm seems sure. to know who yeah. I am. And he yeah. got my email address. So I, he's legit. I looked him up online. I'm like, okay, so this is true. So that was yesterday. And I think the uh, the program will come out Friday, but nobody here will be able to. Okay. Well, we celebrate Just, the gospel being spread throughout the globe. That's right. Thanks for being evangelical. Yeah, um, and, but anybody can watch my video on Mary, which I co-produced with uh, Gabriel Castillo in Texas. Well, maybe, maybe you know, noting that we would maybe post that I mean, so, we or link that. that to this podcast. You know, as you're mentioning it, we can see if we can put a link to that video in the podcast yeah, itself. That'll be, that would be good. So we're in November. Um, it's the, the month of the last things, as you told us a couple of weeks ago. And this is where the church is really concentrating right now. We're on the last things. And one of the things I wanted, I teased two weeks ago, was like, well, maybe we should talk about judgment. Um, because this is a part of the last things. The four last things being death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Um, and these are things to consider. I have not heard a lot of conversation about judgment and well, uh, so a, some of it's going to be speculative i understand that right well it's a do not judge me world so we probably should even mention it, you know? <laughs> that's right. just, that's like, we don't, don't judge, judge. You know? so i mean just you know we should just move on from it because yeah. it's not going to happen there is no judgment uh everything's fine right. you know everything's all dogs fine, go yeah. to heaven well if anyone's looking out in the world now and says everything's fine i'd like to find figure out how they're getting that assessment yes <laughs> Everything so, is absolutely not fine. That's right. Oh my goodness! Right. Um, and what we, but interestingly enough, we all want justice. It's mm-hmm. it's wired into us yep. to want justice. Now we can disagree on what that looks like. Well, we Some people do, or very erroneous on what justice. Okay. But it's a part of our DNA. It's a part of our being. And judgment really is about the final uh, prevailing of justice, God's justice, justice over the world. So. You began, and, and uh, I may be asking some questions along the way, but uh, what does the church really teach about, and how should we think about judgment? Because aren't there two stages, according to Catholic teaching, of judgment? Right. Uh, but Amir, you brought it up just a moment ago. Though. You said, aren't we wired for justice? Yeah, we are. You know, we said people aren't sure, like, well, I'd never judge anybody. You know, well, why don't you go back to your driving experiences on the road? You know, when somebody cuts you off or gets in front of you or takes the parking spot you know you were going to get or you know uh runs a red light or a stop sign or speeds to your neighborhood when your kids are playing um or is on their phone we're like hey you can't be doing that you know hey look at you know so we we immediately instinctively know there should be you know we want a cop to pull them over you know we want to or even as children that's not fair right so i mean we have a lot of examples in our daily life where you can't we can't you can't get rid of justice. It's a virtue of God. God is justice. God is just, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can get that confused with mercy, you know, to say, well, mercy isn't that, that there's no more, that there's like somehow justice and judgment has evaporated. No, it's not true at all. You know, um, but so you ask, what does the church say about judgment? Um, well, yes, there's two uh, judgments that, are, that will occur in our lives. The first will be our personal judgment at our death you know the moment we die uh we are judged by the lord and And that's right the scripture that's hebrews 9 i think Uh, it is appointed unto man once to die Mm -hmm. and then after that the judgment Mm -hmm. so it's not a courtroom you know i think people you know people think we're going to go into a courtroom and god's going to be in a black robe with a gray beard (laughs) and there's you know i guess a big jury and you know we'll we'll be asked how do we plead you know and all this other baloney no i mean what's going to happen is is that the love of we will face the love of Christ in its fullness and and we will be exposed by the light of Christ for who we are we will see the choices and the decisions that we have made in our lives up to that exact moment of death um, we will see all that we will see yes you know I have and it will be clear what I have chosen I it will be seen I chose this 
You know, it's not going to be, well, well, wait a minute, I want another chance or you got it all wrong. No. So when we die, it'll be clear, I chose Christ, I chose hell. Mm-hmm. You know, and God in the judgment, um, and this is really important to get, God will allow us to have exactly what we want. We are going to have... Because the trajectory of our lives would have determined it? Correct. Is that why? Yeah. I mean, in the end, if you want a life without God... You will get it. You will have it. And that's God's, actually, even mercy. Meaning God isn't going to force someone to be in heaven that doesn't want to be with him eternally. You know, so, um, you know, you kind of look at it as, um, you know, it would be painful for that person to be in heaven. Because they have not been converted, well, which uh, which just helps us understand the doctrine of purgatory. But sorry to interrupt. Yeah. yeah. So so that so anyway, we we face the final judgment. Will be or the last the 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 judgment. The, excuse me. The particular judgment is what I'm speaking about now, at the moment of our individual deaths. And, and then when we die. The, the particular judgment happens. So when we die, we are judged. So it's it's determined at the moment of our death whether we will go to hell by our choices and decisions, meaning I chose hell. Mm-hmm. And people aren't, of course, choosing it because they realize what hell really is. If they did, they would unlikely do that. But it's mostly about, have I lived a life that's been self-centered and all about me and not about God and others? You know, And if I don't love God with the whole heart, mind, body, and soul and all my strength and my neighbor is myself, you know, then where am I headed? It's not heaven. Because that's what heaven is. What's heaven? I, loving God with your whole heart, mind, body, and soul, and strength. Or as you put it before, everybody's on fire for Jesus yes. in heaven. Yes, and yeah. so, um, so God isn't going to force anyone to be in heaven that doesn't want to be there. And um, it, will be, it will be as they have wanted it, you know, as we have chosen to be autonomous. And I think that's, that's really the people say, well, I've never do that. I say, no, but think about how often we do want to be autonomous and independent in our daily lives. And moment to moment, there are a lot of times that we do want to be God. We do want to be in control. We do want to do things our way. And we do reject the cross. And we do try to hold on to our autonomy. And we live in a culture that is that raves about autonomy and independence and have it do it your way kind of mentality. Um, but for the saints, You'll never see that in their lives. You never see them living that way. Um, and so if we're living in the friendship with Christ now and we're on fire for him and loving him and wanting to be transformed by his divine love, then at the moment of our death, we will be, we will be uh, uh, filled with his love and ready for heaven, purified. Now, we may not be ready for heaven right away, and then that's where we get the doctrine of uh, purgatory, um, which says, okay, you need to be purified. And we say, well, why is that? Because God is a... God is, you know, in the scriptures, he's a consuming fire, you know. A purifying uh, fire a purifying, in Malachi. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's where we see Moses. The first revelation of God was in the burning bush, you know, that, that manifestation of him being a fire. You know, so he will purify us. And just as the scriptures say elsewhere in Second Peter, as gold is tested in the fire, it's purified, it's refined, and it comes out being precious gold, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the impurities are burnt out. You know, you look at the way... Um, you know, I, I think the samurai swords are amazing and how they, it takes them years, sometimes even like almost 100 years sometimes to make a blade, the perfect blade, and they're firing it and they're hammering it down and they're doing all this work to it. You know, so that's really purgatory. That's like, look, it's going to be an amazingly shiny, beautiful blade creation. Anyone who works with metal, you know, can understand that. Um, but it has to go in the fire to be purified. And of course, the metal hates it, so to speak. Yeah, the metal's that, hard. That, yeah, yeah, like yeah. this is it's, terrible. This is terrible. But you are right. being shaped into something. That's right. So you're beautiful. going. You're being made into what you're meant to be. Right mm-hmm. through the. But it has to be that fire. But you and I, Shane, and anyone here on the planet has to be purified in this life or in the next. So our sufferings and the saints understood this. You know, they they offered their sufferings. And they realize that this was all. And we say, what does it purify me from? Ultimately, the purification is of my self-will, which is so ingrained in us, so ingrained in us, at least in my own life. I look at how selfish I am and how many times I do choose myself over God and others. Um, that it's, boy, you know, it's happening. So, Is that why, Father, in purgatory, no one can pray for themselves because they are still self-willed? I can't pray for myself. I can only pray for others. But somebody else needs to pray for me is because it's a part of trying to uh, 
rid ourselves of the self-will in us. I mean, I'm just a good thought. I don't know that. Okay. Um, I think so much of this is speculation. Well, I think the the reality is that purgatory is part of the church. The souls in purgatory are, are in, in, in need. And so I think that they're in a place of need, which makes them, I guess all the more, maybe it's because in the place of purgatory, they are completely dependent on others on the church. That's what I mean. So on the prayers. So sure. I guess that would be a way of saying, yeah, no, they can't advance on their own right right now because you know part of it is being purified from the times you didn't embrace advancing in holiness in this life in the Mm -hmm. earthly life so every soul in purgatory goes to heaven so everyone has to be clear about that which is a part of their joy in purgatory yes they're going to know they're going and they're filled with joy as a result but they're they're not there yet which produces in them great longing they're not there yet is the pain and so i say people say what is that like it's like american culture no one likes a line at all we don't like three people in the grocery line certainly (laughs) 10 20 you go into a grocery store you go anywhere and there's like gas long lines Long lines, you know, we just will turn around and we'll run from that, right? So purgatory is like that, but a billion times worse, meaning just the waiting, you know, just absolutely bumper-to-bumper traffic, standstill traffic on the interstate, stuck in an airport, you know, um, come up with your analogy, you know, of uh, sitting in just this, that waiting is just frustrating. It's, and it's, it's a suffering, you know, it drives us crazy, you know, so we avoid it at all costs, but purgatory is going to be, immense waiting right the waiting period is going to be just what purifies us and it will be a painful burning experience but it's burning away the impurities you know and so uh, the reality is is no one should be shooting for purgatory we shouldn't have our eye on purgatory and purgatory is not a goal heaven is so you know and uh, like blessed carlo acutis i just read that he you know he, he was 15 years old he died of leukemia you know, um, a very holy uh, modern-day saint was canonized, um, I think, a year or two ago, um, and corrupt uh, saint from Italy. And, you know, he said I, he, I started, he wanted to offer his life his, for the sufferings for the Pope, the Church, and to he just wanted to absolutely skip purgatory and go straight to heaven. That's what his intention was. And then he was diagnosed with leukemia and died in two weeks. So, I mean, I'm like, that's my prayer. You know, I don't... I don't want to go to purgatory, and I've been praying along mm-hmm. for several weeks. Just Lord, I just make it happen now for me, purify me now, so that I don't want to wait. Like, no, does anybody want to wait? No one wants to wait. Right. So let's just accept that that is in our hearts. It's and not an inevitability. Yes. So just use that as as the as the di- desire for heaven. Say, Lord, accept the life that we have now and the sufferings that will inevitably come to us that many are enduring now. And it's saying this the suffering is, is all about trying to rely more on God and surrender to him. Suffering brings us to that point. We cannot love God without suffering because our love can't be purified without suffering. And all the saints knew that. And so their love, their sainthood, their glory came from their suffering. So no one wants it per se, right? Even Christ said, let the chalice pass from me, Lord, but not my will, but your will be done. You know, Heavenly Father in the garden. But that's the attitude. It's, okay, no, I don't literally want to suffer just for suffering's sake but what i'm really saying is lord let me be purified prepare me whatever happens to me i want to be ready for heaven at that moment when i take my last breath there's no waiting yes. i'm going to heaven you know and, it, and it's just the joy and the happiness and the fulfillment of heaven is unlike anything we can imagine and we should think about it and imagine and, and, and do that because we're all hunting for happiness in this world you can be an atheist, a hard-hearted, whatever. Everyone's getting up in the morning doing what they think is going to make them happy, you know, and they're searching for it. So the, that's a particular judgment, okay? At our death, it's so important that people understand that, that it is immediate. Yes. You know, it's well, what our, about those who will say, well, the God will give us a chance even after we die to uh, No, to there's, not, there's not a chance. There's not a chance of repentance, meaning of writing, uh, of you doing something to right wrong after death. God's mercy is giving you purgatory to purify you and prepare you and saying, you've been in friendship with me in this life, but you, you know, there's still... You're not ready for what, What's happened is we've just, we get so attached to creature things and we get attached to sins. We get attached to things in this world and we have a hard time letting go of them and choosing just Christ. And so even though we're striving and loving Christ and wanting to be in friendship with him, if we have these attachments that remain at death, we're going to heaven. 
But for that individual soul, it's going to be a purification period through purgatory, which means purgation, which means purification. You know, um, it's a... Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's people don't like to think about it. I say, even question that it's there, but say you need it there because this is God picking up the broken pieces of your life, as Pope Benedict XVI had said uh, some time ago. You know, purgatory means God can make right and put the pieces of your life that are broken back together again in purgatory, you know, but the saints would all say, you know, surpass it, go beyond it. Don't, you want to be ready in this life. Don't put off holiness and be like well i'll just wait till i go to purgatory because that that pain of that would be man if i just was serious about holiness in my earthly life and you'll see that so and you'll that, see that, that at your yeah, judgment yeah, right. if only i was yeah. serious about this I and you'll averted. see and you'll we'll see we'll be able to see and understand all the moments god was giving us right it won't and we'll see it as oh those were all those times i kept putting it off you know um so that's particular judgment so at death it happens immediately um, and then your fate is fixed. It's fixed. So you're going to heaven or hell for sure. Now, how heaven is happening, it's either going to be direct or through purgatory. But your fi- your final destination <laughs> will be determined at your moment of your death. So whenever all the loved ones that we have that have died, anyone who's ever died, has been has been given their particular judgment already. They've all been judged, right. particularly particularly individually. But now that leads us into the second, right? Well, I want to spend a little bit more yeah. time on the particular judgment um, because this is uh, fascinating. So at particular judgment, it will not be so much God like a judge in a courtroom actively judging us like you've done this, you've done yeah. that. Because God is love and because God is light and because God is truth itself and justice itself, it will be more the experience then that we will see ourselves as we really are, and we will be able to almost judge ourselves, and we will be without excuse. Correct. So if God, if we see something, the answer is going to be, yes, that's right, that's true. I mean, because there can be no excuses when you are immersed into truth itself, into the light of God itself. Well, remember, it's just us. Remember, I mean, in the sense that it's our decisions and choices. Yes, but we will see, all I guess I'm saying is we'll see those as they really are, and we're not going to be able to debate with that right. or make excuses with that. It'll be, yeah, that's true. That's but we, absolutely yeah, we'll the understand those as our choices and decisions. I mean, we know, I mean, we know the decisions we're making with yeah. certainty. You know, in Saint so, Alphonsus Liguria, that little book uh, on hell that I, that I had I found laying around the parish here, he would say even the souls of the damned know that they are justly punished for their right. they, they, yeah. they, because they were without excuse. That yes, he was right to put me here, but they will hate. Of course, we're not here to talk enough so much about the hell, but they will hate their the final judgment, the verdict. But they will know they were that God was absolutely just in His reason sure. for putting me in this place. Yep. Um, I remember there was a there was a reading. I think going back to the point about that it's fixed because so much, so many people do believe that there will be another chance after death. But there was a reading in the divine office a few days ago, or maybe it was a few weeks ago, where he likened us right now as clay. That as long as we're in the body in this life, we can be shaped by the the artisan, you know. But once we go through judgment, it is the clay going through fire. And once the clay goes through fire, it's fixed. It's fixed in its state at, yep. at that point. And then that's what determines yep. heaven or it determines hell. You know, I think um, for some reason when you're talking an image, an analogy, they're all weak in some sense. But, you know, when you think of a married couple, they get a divorce or there's a parting of ways and and the one looks at the other and says i just don't love you anymore or i just don't love you or i've never loved you mm-hmm. right i mean that is a certitude uh, comment right i mean that's choice that's deliberate and intentional and i think that that's some of that that, ought, that seems to me to be what happens when you face guys like i we will say i don't love you and i never or, i mean or, or or i mean i did love you and i don't i mean and I mean, that's not, there's not going to be confusion about that. You know, it's going to be this person. Now, I mean, it's not a feeling. And I mean, a lot of people can fall, have marriages fall apart because like the feeling isn't there anymore. I don't want to get into the specifics of that. But mm-hmm. I, there's just that moment where you say, we're breaking up. We're, we're, I'm, I'm going another way. I don't love you anymore. I love somebody else, right? You know, I'm choosing someone else, some other path. And that, and that will, in a sense, I think that that's what it's going to look like. It's like, I, you can't look at God and say, I love you when you don't. 
and right. it'll be it won't you will see that it and you be, won't and you won't try to say right. that because you really will be saying i don't love you right you know and i it just will be true. don't love you anymore or i i did and i don't anymore um so but there it is and i mean the, the reality is what this is what makes us human persons separate us from animals plants minerals and all of creation is that God, in the end, will let us have exactly what we want. And yes, it is absolutely possible to not want life with God. And I think that, you know, we people don't realize that, you know, they think, well, who could ever really want that? Plenty, right? I mean, that's right. It's that, that's... all the times that you want to embrace selfishness and, you know, all the times you don't want to lay your life down for others in your marriage or in your vocation or your children or... You know, um, yes, there's a lot of times throughout the day, if you just think about it, there's a lot of times that I put myself in the middle. We do it all the time. And it's like that's that's trial run for hell in the sense of, you know, we you, you of live like that. You know, and God isn't going to yeah. just be like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm looking beyond that, you know. And then we get into all well, about forgiveness of sins. Well, yes, you, we, we confess. We want to be forgiven. Christ forgives us in the sacrament of reconciliation and purifies us. And we get to keep starting again and again. We repent. We keep turning back. Yes, we all need to turn back time and again, like the prodigal son. That happens many, many times. Yes, keep doing that. But the heart, the point is just keep turning back to God. But you, know? but you have to also hold up that story with, I'm thinking of the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Right? Yeah. I mean, the rich man went to uh, to hell. and uh, Maybe the, just a quick refresher. For well, yeah, so, so Jesus tells this parable of a rich man who lived uh, sumptuously every day, and then there was a poor man, Lazarus, who laid at his gates, and the dogs would lick his sores. And then uh, the rich man died and Lazarus died, and the rich man went into Hades. Um, and then uh, Lazarus, which is hell, which yeah. is hell. and then and Lazarus goes to uh, Abraham's bosom or, mm-hmm. or paradise, and um, and then the rich man says, sees a great chasm, but says, "I s- please send Lazarus down here to wet my tongue," which is interesting because even the rich man saw Lazarus, the poor man in his life, as his servant. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, uh, Abraham says, like, my friend, there's a chasm between us, and it is fixed. Can't go beyond it. Yeah. You cannot go beyond it. And I think about the point being is that really the rich man got what he wanted because he lived his life hoping to be separated from the poor. Mm-hmm. And in the afterlife, he got what he always wanted, which yeah. is separation from the poor, which, only in this case yeah. it was hell. And was Jesus identify himself with in the Gospel of Matthew, especially but Christ was born poor, born in Bethlehem, united himself with the poor. Yes. You know, and so if we live our lives trying to be away from poverty and, and helping the poor and those in need, you know, that we, we have to be very concerned that we are actively separating ourselves yep. uh, from the Lord who identifies with That's the poor. Right. If you do, you know, give he the, comes one, the to least, us, he least said. one, of, you know, what you've done for the least of my brothers, you did for me, Christ says. We know that line all very well. But we have to pray for the grace to see where Christ is inviting us to to serve him in that way. But if we are actively trying to stay away right from that, then, uh, and that's not just, it's not just people on the street. It is in a sense that way, but it's very difficult in our country to, you know, in some cases uh, serve those in need because of the complexities of people's issues. Um, but the poor really, they are poor, you know, but, mm-hmm. but we all are in need. Right. People in our families, people that are suffering, people, you know, being well, being there for somebody else in general um, is, is difficult enough in our daily life, you know, just being there for someone in need. So we have to be aware um, that it's just the people in front of us every day, you know, and it might be someone on the street that you are being called to serve um, or pray with or, or, you know, be generous with in some way, buy them a sandwich, a drink of, you know, mm-hmm. water or tea from some, you know, whatever, trying to use judgment and discretion about, well, okay, this person has a need. What can I do that can just show compassion, mm-hmm. you know? But um, the, the point being is that we want to get, we will get what we right. want. And hopefully, you know, we have to live in such a way where we want God and, right. and we're striving after God but the the our hope in us, the virtue of hope in us, keeps us going forward. Because if that's what we want, then the promise is that's what you'll get. Exactly. Um, so it's not something so much to fear. Although the thought of judgment does not make me feel great, 
But I understand that I have every reason to be confident, as First uh, John says somewhere, that we should have confidence on the day of judgment yeah. because we're striving to, to meet our Lord, yeah. whom we love. I think there's a healthy balance. You're right. I think that, I mean, I don't think, I don't know, the saints... The saints seem to have a healthy balance about. Like I think they they kept striving every day for for heaven, you know. But I, I'm not sure a lot of saints were just like, oh, I know where I'm going. And, oh no, they you were know, never just kind of put way. their hands up. Presumptuous. And say, they were you know, never presumptuous. I, you know, I, I've been forgiven and the Lord's forgiven me, and I, I don't. Doesn't matter what I do today in the next forty years. God grades on a curve. Straight, yeah. <laughs> so and yeah, we know we, we joke about that, but it's true. I think that the, the spiritual life of Western Christians today can often be a God grades on a curve. You know, I believe in Christ. You know, and, and, and this is actually a good point, you know, to say that he who believes in him, right, or he who believes in me, you know, will never die, Jesus says. But the word believe is a translation. What the, what the Greek is there is this is the one who has entrusted himself to me, surrendered himself to me, and has entrusted his life to me. That It's not just I believe in Jesus, meaning I believe there's a higher power and I believe there's a God. That's not what it means. That it means no. Are you have you surrendered your life like a disciple? Because that is the only way to heaven. You know, you must be. You can't just be a believer in Christ. You have to be a disciple. You have to follow him. And all through the scriptures, it's so clear. You know, were the ones who were ready to just throw themselves at the feet of Christ and follow him and leave behind there and have a moment of conversion. And it's not just I believe in Jesus and I believe that he died for me and yes those are all good yes that's part of it but that doesn't that doesn't mean you've achieved the full goal it means is your life being transformed you know do people see jesus transforming your life do they look at you and go oh my goodness i don't know who this is anymore you know once that person became a follower of jesus uh all these big changes happened in their life you know that that disrupted their family there's division and hardship and persecution all because they keep following christ and I think that's so important to know is that, uh, you know, we're in a relationship with God all the time through our baptism. And we are we living in the family relationship of God and the expectations of family life? You're, you made a point in one of your homilies, which is uh, you, you opened up by saying, is Jesus a part of your life or is he the center of your right. life? Those are two or different things. Your life, yeah. You know, um, he can't be a part of our life. So that goes back to why heaven has to be a tolerable experience for us, because using your language here, what you could say is that in heaven, heaven is completely and utterly Christocentric. Jesus is the center of everything. And everyone in all the beings in heaven say, what are we going to do? Whatever he says, whatever he says. Yeah. And so if you, if you have not conformed your life to be Christocentric, where Jesus is the center of your life, and you've, you've, you've pivoted on whatever he says I'll do, then heaven can't be tolerable because... <laughs> You would have lived for yourself when heaven is nothing but living for Jesus for all of well, eternity. Well, it's eternal worship of God. And it, I yeah, think, right. I think that, that that kind of, I was listening to this earlier in the podcast, that, you know, really that shows our fallenness, you know, because, you know, who's excited literally about, oh, worship all God, the whole, this is, you mean instead of an hour on Sunday mass, it's, it's, it's forever? Yeah, <laughs> eternal worship of God in yeah. heaven. Isn't that it's exciting? Trinity, yeah. And we're just not really often excited about that you know we you know well my mass is wonderful even though it's beautiful mass ah. but i you know in a couple hours i hope when things going to get over here and get on with so we're just fallen and we have to recognize that it's hard to pray even the most beautiful masses we can be distracted sure and you know this isn't about you know the mass that's you know crazy you know goofy and and upside down inside out not even you know can, can it be identified as uh, sacred worship but but uh, but truly, it's it's just, it's very hard for us to engage in worship, you know, um, continually, you know, and say, well, what's heaven? Constantly worshiping God with the angels and the saints, yeah. uh, and we'll be in uh, we'll mass. be in a state in our bodies and souls where we are doing that. But um, you know, if mass is like the most, if prayer in mass and worshiping God is an odious thing to us now, well, this is prep for heaven. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it's like I said, I mean. This is assuming, you know, the Mass is done reverently and beautifully. And, I mean, obviously there can be times where it's like, you know, I don't want to go back to that <laughs> sure. parish ever again. I get that. But sure. the point is, sure. is that our approach to prayer in this life 
it's just very hard. You know, it's, it's, we're not naturally inclined. Well, I'm going to go spend three more hours of prayer today because I just love it so much. It's right. so easy. No, it's difficult yes. because we need purification. That's we right. Need, we just need, yeah. So we need to be shaped and molded each and every day, meaning that we should, we want to be in heaven, but see, it's just, it's not just easy street. You know, my, one of my favorite images for what heaven could be like, and you can debate with me on this, but I've never really heard it said this way, but it came to me once that, uh, you know, the three men in the furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, oh. you know how they were in that fire? Oh, sure. But they were not burned up? Yes. You know, and yep. if God is a consuming fire, then we want to be one with that fire as those three were. Yep. So they were in the furnace, yep. but they were one with that fire. That's it, a good I don't know where I heard yeah. that. I felt like Have I you heard that, that before? I, yeah. I never really heard that before, but heaven, it, it, of course, this is analogous. So we're just dealing in analogy right. right now. But if God is that fire and we're going to be immersed into that fire, we can't have any impurities on us because those are what will burn. Correct. But fire does not burn when it's united with fire. fire. That's true. That's a good analogy. Exactly. Yeah. So we want to beef on fire to be in the yes, fire. Yes, we want heaven. to be one with the fire. So yeah. it's also true to say then that heaven is now. It you has know, to so be now. That's we, right. You know, heaven isn't just, well, when I die, hopefully I get there. Like it's I happening. Got, I'm, you know, I made it from, you know, um, Illinois to Florida or something like, you know, my final destination is where I'm going to end up. But heaven is Christ. Heaven is being mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus now through baptism and the sacrament of life of the church. So we already are experiencing heaven imperfectly, though. Um, but this, so it's not, it's not like we're not able to experience any heaven yet. It's this is heaven is Christ. It's yeah. It's, so it's, as my life, as us. much as my life is immersed in the Lord Jesus. You know that's what we're that's what we're after, right? And for and, us to know that our our judge is going to be our savior too. Yeah. You know, and and I think the most important thing is nobody wants us in heaven more than Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so there's no no you, no one's desire for heaven matches even close God's desire for us to be in heaven with us, meaning that God knows God has it already shaped how we're going to get there, how we're going to be purified, how we're going to be ready, and we just have to keep surrendering to Him. So there shouldn't be anxiety about. You know, I'm married. My life is too complicated. You know, or um, I'm a priest. I've got a lot of responsibilities. I can, it's hard to focus on my responsibilities as a prayerful pastor. You know, yes, there's all these challenges to that. But wherever we are, this is where God has willed us to be at this point in our lives, and meaning that this is where the shaping of holiness is going to happen. It's not. Well, I better just. I guess that means I should, you know, leave everything and go to some other country and be a missionary. You know, it might be that for a few individuals, but the reality is that for most of us, it's right where we're at every day, being faithful to the mundane tasks, responsibilities, being unselfish and being God-centered and giving ourselves to Christ and going to confession frequently, um, you know, and just constantly giving our heart to the Lord. Please purify this. It's it's all God's work in us. And I think the minute we feel like, well, I've got to do it. No, Mm-mm. uh-uh. It, it no, it's not. I have. To, it's all my efforts, and I got to make it happen. No, God will do it, but we have to just keep inviting and surrendering, and working with His grace each and every day. Um, but I don't think we got to the final judgment. Well, I was going to say. So that brings us then. We might so be there are two the judgments. <laughs> That's right. There's the particular judgment which we've just talked about uh, that fixes us, but then there is the final judgment. Right. Speak to us a little bit about the the final judgment. The final judgment is going to be the resurrection of the dead. This is the this is what the scriptures call the last day when yeah. Christ returns to so earth. Yes. The resurrected will be brought to life, meaning our souls will be reunited with our bodies and God, you know. And whatever whatever happened to our bodies, you know, people say, well, it was a tragedy, someone burned in a fire, plane crash, boat accident, mm-hmm. you know, all these kind of different things, never found the body, you know. Uh, you know, people say, well, I cremated my uh, uh, spouse. Okay, you know, so, uh, but it's so important that we, we give death dignity and bury, whether it be a body or ashes, they should be interned or buried in reverent ways, not spread or not divided up. Why? Because the resurrection of the body is going to happen mm-hmm. with certainty, you know. Um, so we're going to have our bodies raised up again by Christ. And then our souls be united with our bodies. So that's what God intended for the human person. We do not intend to be separated from our bodies, but this is a result of sin. But it's only temporary. Even the saints in heaven, except for Mary, she's up there. She's there, up there. <laughs> she's in heaven. She's in heaven. And yeah. with her body and soul, she's perfectly glorified, perfectly beautiful, perfectly heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of us will be reunited with our bodies. Our, our particular judgment determines where we're going with our body. Right. 
So you're going to go to heaven with your glorified body. It'll be a beautiful, glorified, un- unbelievably radiant. radiant. Hell will be unbelievably grotesque and painful and, and, and grotesque and gory. I don't know, monstrous, mm-hmm. beastly, you know, just not, I mean, just frightening, frightful, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so that's very true. And uh, for the little Fatima children, you know, Mary showed them not heaven but hell in July 1917, their vision. Why? Because many people don't believe in it. And they had just like a probably maybe a, I don't know, a 10-second glance. And it was so intense that it just changed them forever. And they were and the, the children, Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta, were so intent on wanting to pray for souls and that no one should go there. It's just, woof. I mean, just, you know, this wasn't a tour. It was a, I'm, I'm pulled a Mary pulled the veil back just a bit. And you can read their descriptions about what they saw in the in the in the visions of the apparitions of Fatima. It's July nineteen seventeen, July thirteenth. Um, so yeah, so but their bodies, right? They people with it was people bodies, mm-hmm. you know uh, that vision, um, you know of hell. So that will be a reality for the resurrection. You know, there we're gonna there's gonna be bodies in hell you know they saw souls mm-hmm. you know um but there wouldn't be any bodies necessarily because with the resurrection of the dead hasn't happened yet so when we say the resurrection of the dead it means all the dead will rise that doesn't mean all the dead are going to heaven it means all the dead bodies are coming right back and then they're going to be placed in an, a new realm of existence which is eternal meaning that the damned are eternal too they're going to be damned for eternity are they ever going to die no are they, they they're just they're in hell forever, and everyone's going to be, all the others in heaven are in heaven forever. And Christ will come that second coming, which is all will be manifest, meaning he is going to be seen in his divinity. This is important. His divinity, no question that he is God, the second person of the Trinity. Everything he said was always true, and it's just over. You know, the heaven and new heaven, new earth will come forth. This planet, this earth, this life, heaven will be all recreated and new and beautiful, and then the damned will be sent to eternal fire. Yes, and, and one of the things that really differs the final judgment, uh, according to the church teaching and the particular judgment which happens after death, is that in the final judgment, it will be public. Mm-hmm. Um, everything will be manifested before the gaze of others, including us, including what were, what were the true intentions of our heart in this life. Of course, um, if we're fated for heaven, you know, destined to be with God in heaven, we'll be, it, it will be something that we can handle, but it's going to be an open manifestation of everything. Um, the Catechism on paragraph 1039, in the presence of Christ, who is truth itself, the truth of each man's relationship with God will be laid bare. The last judgment will reveal even to the furthest consequences the good each person has done or failed to do during his earthly life. We will be seen by everybody. I will see you, you will see me as we truly were in this life. Uh, The last judgment will come when Christ returns in glory. This is paragraph 1040. Um, Only the Father knows when uh, this moment will come. We will all know the ultimate meaning of the whole work of creation and of the entire economy of salvation, and we will understand the marvelous ways by which God's providence led everything towards its final end. The last judgment will reveal that God's justice triumphs over all the injustices committed by his creatures and that God's love is stronger than death. And can you I mean, can you just say that last line again? Because I think it's a really, if that's the nugget for today, it's really that. Read that. God's the providence last, is yeah, guiding. The, we will understand at the last judgment, we will understand the marvelous ways by which God's providence led everything toward its final end. And so just pausing there, just people, we get so frustrated. You look at the world, politics, the church, whatever you want to say, tragedies of life. Understand God's will. His, God has been in it all. He has, his hand has been upon everything. As we don't understand how and why things happen, right? But this is saying we will see that all of it in the most atrocious tragedies of, of human history Somehow God's provident will and care has been guiding all of it, right, towards, and keep reading there, the final. Yeah, Uh, yeah, the last judgment will reveal that God's justice triumphs over all the injustices committed by his creatures, which means we should want judgment because without judgment there is no justice. I mean, and how many people, you know, want things to go to court? Of course. So we, so, but the court system's corrupt and everything's, a lot of it's messed up. But the point here, too, is our listeners, listen, there's, you know, for all the injustices that we've faced, 
and are facing right now and will face in the future, it's going to be made right. Like, and you say, well, this person got off easy or that person never went to jail or this per you know, all these, whatever. Nobody ever paid for it. Well, very, very clearly they will, right? I mean, it's going, so justice is coming. God will deliver it. And it might be like, well, we don't have to wait, you know, 30 years. Someone's still out there doing terrible things and they're all, they're getting away with everything. And we're so frustrated. It will stop at a moment, right? There will be a moment and they said, well, they're going to get their comeuppance and get what they deserve. Well, yeah, but we have to face what we've exactly. done. So, so this is just be about, seen as we are you know, too. like everybody's going to face it, facing judgment. So yes, we want justice, but remember that that's going to be, we'll face ours too, you know, so that God's mercy is trying to, this time that we live on earth is mercy. You know, it's like we get this moment of years and months, and we don't know how long it's going to be for you, but we have this moment to to unite with Christ and to to be righteous. Yep, and this brings me to yep. the, what, the 1041. Here's the whole point. The message of the last judgment calls us to conversion. While God is still giving us the acceptable time, mm -hmm. the day of salvation, it's meant to bring us to repentance. Ultimately, the psalmist, if you read the Psalms, God's judgment is good news. Come, Lord, you know, and put the wrongs to rights. Yeah. I want a world that has been righted. Well, that can't happen with God's judgment. So in the meantime, I want to be put aright. Um, in the presence of truth itself, you justice itself. It can't itself. happen without God's judgment. It can't happen yeah, without God's yeah, judgment. Yeah. Like this is ultimately, from the biblical standpoint, what we all really want, yeah. which is the prevailing and triumph of justice in the world. And it's going to happen. Yeah. But justice is God. It's God himself. And we're hungering for, and so our brothers and sisters listening, we're hungering for truth and happiness so that there's no human heart I mean, we want the truth at some point. You might say, well, your truth is your truth. And yeah, 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 that's relativism. And But there's still a point where we want someone to tell us the truth about X or Y or just yeah. tell me the truth. You know, I want to know what really happened with X or Y or whatever. You know, we, we all face that where we come to the point where I want to know the truth, right? So we hunger for that. And it's something outside of ourselves. I can't, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to find out the truth, which means it's not just all of inside, all inside me. It's revealed, and it's God. And then happiness. We're made for happiness. So that's heaven. Yes. You know, it's it's fullness of truth, unending happiness, and God's judgment is good news in the sense that the truth will be will be there. You know, it's like all, like, well, I want to know why this happened. All the truth mm -hmm. will be exposed and delivered and given, and it will all be good news for the righteous. It'll it will be, be it'll wonderful be, It'll news, be, yes. look how God worked in my life, and oh, my goodness, he's always been there. And, and even when you see your flaw, I would imagine as a saint, even when you see where you were unjust, you will still say, well, God is so merciful. Yes, he's so exactly, good. Right. Yes, that's who I am. I right. was a sinner, yeah. and that will still be good news. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, to end... Uh, the, the gospel for this Sunday, of course, is for Christ the King is the the crucifixion, which is a unique gospel for the Christ the King Sunday. But it's Jesus in the middle with the two thieves, and the, it is of course the the good thief um, mm -hmm. who's you know the quote steals heaven. He you know he recognizes Christ as God and the Messiah, recognizes his need for his Savior, rebukes the other thief who's chastising the Lord. He recognizes the only one who should be on the cross is him and the other thief. He's like, look, this man's done nothing wrong. We're criminals. Mm -hmm. you know. And what's he say? Everybody knows this line. We chant it. We sing it. We, we, um, we, you know, we, just, we, we don't know what else to say. We say this, Jesus, remember me mm -hmm. when you come into your kingdom, right? And Jesus turns and says, today, not, well, in a while, or well, let me think about it. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. So... My friends, the, the 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 goodness there is that you know what did that criminal have? Nothing but his crimes. His whole his life was over. You know he was at the end of his life, and he still was alive. You know, but this is not. That's also not an invitation for well. I'm going to hold off till I die and that, bed conversion an kind of thing. Extraordinary He's, conversion. It's a right? this extraordinary is grace, but it's basically <laughs> like, look, this thief had nothing yes. good about his life to say. Lord, you know, I I worked. Worked real hard, you know, and no, he just said, Lord, I'm a criminal, I'm a sinner, I'm nothing, you're everything. Uh, remember me when you come into the kingdom, you know, your kingdom. So, and Jesus does. And so that's what, that's God's kingdom. There's Christ the King. He wants us just to come to him and lay our lives down and acknowledge that, Lord, I'm a sinner, 
um, and 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 with death before us always, we part of that should be the way we live. You know, I don't know when my last day will be, and no one does. Uh, but we ought to always be willing to throw ourselves before the mercy seat of God, and just say, Lord, remember me. You know, when you come into your kingdom, I want to be in your kingdom, Lord. And and then all of a sudden you realize that good thief looks looks so is already so conformed to Jesus physically on the cross. He's being crucified, dying, bleeding with this with Jesus. You know, he's literally suffering crucified with Christ. He's literally crucified with Christ physically, right? But that doesn't mean anything until his heart breaks open, and it does. He's he's he breaks open, and he's just he he. In the last few sentences of his earthly life, in the last few breaths he had, he proclaimed the fullness of the faith in the Son of God. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. So we, it's such good news, right? And, and that's, so I want, I, everyone should not be discouraged. No. Do not be discouraged. Again, 1 John, I can't remember the verse. Google it, my listeners. 1 John, uh, we should have confidence, he says, right. on the day of judgment. Yeah. And that's the thing is confidence in him. That's right. Like the good thief did not have confidence in himself, no self-confidence, no self-reliance, no litany of things that, well, here's why I'm a good person. Right. None of that. None of that. Because no. at the end of the day. It's like, it is, it's, I, he's like, Lord, I mean, I'm just, he understood the only thing that's going to bring me to the kingdom is you and, your, and it's mercy. Yeah, that's you right. Know? And the, he was he accepted the justice of his life too. I think that's important to say, I, this is my judgment. I am a criminal. I'm a thief, and I'm being crucified, and I deserve this. Yeah, this is I'm what I deserve. No excuse. Yeah. So I, he's, the the, the judgment's happened is happening, you know, and uh, but he he's he appeals to mercy. But that's not it's not a separation. It's like well, you don't have to be crucified. You don't have to be on that cross now, and your life will be really easy now, you know, because you decided to follow me. It's like no, I'm being my intense suffering is purified my heart so much I've allowed it to transform me into wanting to be a disciple of Jesus at this most amazing moment of my life, yeah. which is where he finally chose Christ. And the, good, uh, and, and the final word is that God will get the final word. And that, that's ultimately what judgment, justice means, is yeah. that in the end, God shall get what God wants, and he will get the last word. And we will get what we want. Yeah, and we will get what we want, and we want it to be the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And if that's what we want, that's be what we'll get. Be invested, be transformed, <laughs> that's right. that's be right. his. That's, that's our, exactly that's right. It. Be invested, be transformed, be his. Yeah. That's all we have to remember. That's, that's, that's right. Well, thank you, Father, for your time. Great discussion. Yeah. Uh, very stimulating as well. And if you want to be invested and transformed and to be a part of the great things happening at St. Michael so you can be fully the Lord Jesus Christ, please visit our website at stmccg.org. And if you've got a question that you would like Father to, uh, to address, please feel free to email me, Shane Page. Your, my email address is on the website. You'll find it there. So on behalf of Father Rossi, I am Shane Page, your host. Thank you for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. God bless.